welcome to the GemCast on Hologram Radio. This is Alex Knight, and I'm joined by science fiction writer Kay Tempest Bradford, while our friend Aline Sims takes the week off. In Season 2, Episode 5, the bands break up. Upset with the way their bands treat them and over Jerrica's objections, Kimber and Stormer form a friendship and subsequently decide to form a duo and begin performing together. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. Right, episode 31, written by Marv Wolfman, another returning writer to the show, and also co-written by Sherry Wilkerson. I wonder if it was Marv or Sherry who decided that it was all about the lesbians in this episode. It could have been a collaboration on, on both of their parts. That's true. That's very true. We open with Gem and the Holograms debating if the song on the flip side of their next single should be up-tempo or not. Kimber insists on doing a slow ballad, but she's outvoted by the rest of her bandmates. When Kimber asks Jerrica why she won't listen to the lyrics she wrote, Jerrica tells her there's no time since their single is already late and they must get on with the rehearsal. How do you listen to lyrics? Don't you read lyrics? Well, I mean, Kimber probably wanted to read them out loud to her or whatever. And and I get it. But <laughs> one of the funniest things about like the first few lines of this episode is where, you know, they come in the room and they're like, well, Jerrica thinks this and Jerrica thinks we should do this. And Ray like literally says something like, well, you know, I don't care. But whatever Jerrica says, I'll vote for that. And I'm like, can you have a backbone? Like, you're not that new. <laughs> Can you please have an opinion of your own, Rhea? Please, 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 and thank you. Because uh, you're just making it worse for poor Kimber. Indeed. Jem, Aja, Shayna, and Rhea want a love song, but Kimber still thinks a ballad is the way to go. The rest of Kimber's bandmates begin practicing and ignore her request. Uh, that's not so good. Jem says the rest of the band knows what they're doing, and Aja says that Kimber has to do what she's told because everyone is older than her. That's oh extremely God, patronizing. She is. Like, she is really just the worst in this episode. I'm glad that we spend most of the episode not looking at her because she is terrible. She's Because, like, first of all, she says the whole thing about, oh, you're a kid, and then there's something coming up, too, and I'm just like, Aja, shut up. Yeah, well, I think they were kind of ribbing her, but still, it's it wasn't the best way to go about it, for sure. No. Kimber is furious and kicks over her keyboard. I, I quite frankly, <laughs> don't blame her. Yeah. That was the best. She, she just threw it. She's like, ugh. She's been bottling up that anger for a while now. On, on the On the way out, she tells the rest of the holograms that they clearly don't care much about their opinion, or about her opinion, I mean. Jim... Aja, Sheena, and Rhea try to console her and tell her that they do, but it's too late, and Kimber leaves. And this is a very funny way of showing that her opinion matters. Right. It's like, oh, we're we're going to act like your opinion doesn't matter, and then when you get mad about it, we're going to be like, no, no, but really. And, you know, didn't you all learn your lesson the last time? Wasn't this, like, was this episode three, where Kimber ran out for pretty much the same reason? <laughs> it's like, it's been a year or more, you guys. Have you not learned how to not talk to Kimber? And then the worst part, the worst part is then Aja, you know, Jim slash Jerrica wants to go after Kimber to console her. And Aja's like, no, no, don't go after her. She needs to be alone. And I'm like, no, no, she doesn't. And I'm like, and wasn't Aja the one who also, when Shayna ran off crying a few episodes ago, was like, no, no, let her go. When are people going to stop listening to Aja? Because every time Aja tells you to let him go, bad crap happens yeah exactly it's, it's not the first time that kimber has been pissed off at, at, at something that her bandmates have said right and and you know just don't yeah. listen to aja that is that is the key yeah. to not listen to aja. i'm glad that they did this episode but i think if you know if you've seen all the previous episodes i i think you can more or less come to the conclusion that this has been a long time coming for kimber this is and true. for Stormer too. The same could be said for her. And we'll we'll get into that in a moment. At Misfits Music, a similar argument breaks out between Stormer and the rest of the band. 
While under the gun to finish their latest album, Stormer's ideas and pitches are vastly ignored and belittled by Pizzazz, Roxy, and Jetta. Stormer tells her bandmates she hates them all and storms off. No pun intended, of course. Hee But like, it's so... Well, because first of all, I think this is really the first time that we get, um, you know, an inkling of what it is that what the unique thing that Stormer brings to this group, which is that she writes the music because as much as Pizzazz likes to run around talking about how awesome she is, I bet Pizzazz doesn't even know how to read music. I bet that Kim or uh, Stormer is the only one in this group who knows how to actually read music and she's writing stuff and they're like rejecting it because they're the worst. So, but I, I do find that interesting that Stormer is the one who really makes the actual music stuff happen here. The rest of them just bring attitude. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll soon find out that, I mean, in case you haven't figured it out already, that, that both Stormer and Kimmer have more in common with each other than you would think. Yes, but I am disappointed that Stormer didn't take that keytar and smash Jetta's face in with it on her way out. Mm. Well, she's angry, but she's not a violent person. I mean, maybe I if she was so. pizzazz, she might have done something like that, but... Maybe. Yeah, it, it would seem out of character to me. Elsewhere, Kimber heads to a local music venue called The Scene. And the limp, as an aside, the limp lizards can be heard playing in the background. And boy, is that a cacophonous sound if I ever heard one. <laughs> I know. They keep showing up. The limp lizards constantly right. are showing up. And they are like the number three group in the country behind Jam and the Holograms and the Misfits. And it kills me. Their one song. Broken Glass, which actually features the sound of glass breaking. <laughs> it's just, it's so bad. The lyrics are terrible. So what I was that about? A, something about a garbage heap? Yeah, yeah. It was and, just, uh. This song, we hear this song, Broken Glass, more than once. You know, like every time the Limp Lizards show up, they're singing Broken Glass. Like that is their song. They're, they're, they they're one trick pony. Yeah, it's amazing. And so the Limp Lizards in the background, Broken Glass. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. At the bar, Kimber orders a peach shake, extra thick. And uh, I thought it was strange how the bartender uh, basically said that her choice was excellent or something. Like, I don't remember the right, exact like words, but it was just like, it's a peach shake. It's like, if you don't, He's like if you're going to make fun of people like ordering peach shakes, then don't serve peach shakes at right. your... At your club. Yeah, do you scene. think there was a there was sarcasm in that? I think that that dude. I, I couldn't needed really an attitude tell. Adjustment. Yeah. You need an attitude adjustment. Is what okay. you needed. All right. Stormer shows up and ends up sitting right next to Kimber and orders a vanilla cola, a double, and a hot fudge sundae, and to be very specific, with three scoops and a banana. She knows exactly what she wants. These two women were made for each other. They Absolutely. Ordered these things. Like, they were all specific about it. I need a peach thick shake. Real thick. Like, all right, Kimber, go with your peach thick shake. Hey, lady's got to have her peach shake. The limp lizards finish their set, but Stormer gets upset as she came to the scene to hear music. Stormer and Kimber notice each other, and Stormer makes a snarky remark about how she's surprised that her sister let her out after 4.30. Aw, it's so weird how Stormer gets like. Well, how much older is Stormer supposed to be? Uh, her? Like maybe. I figured that she was in her early like 20s. I mean. She's not even that much older. But it's no. like, I think that Stormer is basically just re- going on pure instinct. Like her first instinct is to say all these really mean things to Kimber, even though she probably doesn't even mean no. them or care that much. Well, but... I mean, she spent so much time in the Misfits under the influence of pizzazz that I think it's rubbed off, right? Right. And it's like, it's weird because these are the kind of things we've never even actually heard Stormer say before. Like usually if those words are going to be said, they would be coming out of pizzazz or Roxy's mouth. So I feel like Stormer is just automatically like in her head. Pizzazz is just there being like, oh, yeah, you have to say these things. I, I agree, and I think, I mean, as the episode progresses, I think it's fair to say that a, a bit of that wears, wears off as they, as they agree to eventually work together on something musically. So, um, And you start to see a bit of what Stormer's really like, like her actual personality, personality not, not the one that's being influenced by 
the band, right? She starts to realize, you know, what she's actually capable of and that she doesn't actually need the other members of the Misfits to actually make anything meaningful. That's right. As the two exchange insults, the spotlight is thrust upon them as they're recognized as celebrities. The venue manager tries to convince Kimber and Stormer to come up to the stage and play, but the two are hesitant. Uh, they give in eventually after the crowd cheers them on. Now, I just want to take a sec. Like Doing this is like peer pressuring, peer pressuring the two of them into performing is not really cool because, like, I mean... I mean, what are they supposed to do, right? I mean, that many people, they are celebrities. The fact that maybe they just wanted to have a a quiet drink. Right, exactly. And uh, yeah, I'm sure some would make the excuse, well, if you're a celebrity, you know, that's just like the, that's just the thing that you accept when you become famous. It's like, no, I'm sorry, but everyone has, everyone has allowed their privacy and the ability to just walk into a bar and have a drink and they shouldn't be harassed. Uh, if they want to be left alone, I mean, it's fine if they want to go, you know, up on stage of their own volition, but but to be, you know, to thrust the, the spotlight on them and, and say, you know, oh, come on, you got to do it. You know, it's like uh, mm-hmm. c- that just doesn't sit right with me. They wouldn't do that to Barbara Streisand. You can't imagine Barbara Streisand sitting in some nice, you know, club, some piano bar and people being like, hey, Barbara Streisand is here. Why don't you come up here and sing some songs for us? It's like, did you pay me? Barbara Streisand would be like, mm, you didn't pay me to sing at this club. so. I'm not getting up there. Also, you couldn't afford me. Yeah, like exactly. Why are you asking professional musicians to just randomly? And also, people from two different bands. What were they supposed to do? And both of them play the the keyboard. So was this supposed to be like a dueling piano situation? Like, hey, everybody, we're going to play the same song on the same instrument. Well, one of us can only use one hand. It's funny, just taking a step back for a sec, just before they, they go up on stage, the insults that they... Uh, toss at each other are pretty funny. Stormer says, I'd rather swallow tar than sing with you. And Kimber says, I choke first. Just The two of them were uh, meant uh, for uh, each other. They were meant for each other. This is like, I think what it is also, like their their immediate like er reaction to each other is because this has been building for a while. This love between them, mm-hmm. the looks, the glances, the the hopeful thing. Like remember when they were trapped on that island and yes. at the end of it, Stormer was like, we can be friends now, right? She's looking right at Kimber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They alluded yeah. to that early on for sure. Yeah. Well, we get a music video here by Kimber and Stormer. Yay. Uh, it is called I'm Okay, and I absolutely love this song. I think it's the, my favorite one in this episode. I love this song. I mean, I like the next one that we mm-hmm. get a little bit better, but this is <laughs> my favorite song. Yeah. What do you What do you oh. think of uh, the um, the singing voice of Kimber? I think it's the first time we've actually heard Kimber, at least in isolation, and also mm-hmm. Stormer sing by themselves independently. What do you think of the quality of other voices? I, I thought they were really good. Like vocally, they're really good. I felt that the the women that were doing the voices, I, I felt that. Maybe they sounded a little bit older than they probably should have, but I mean, it's so hard to tell sometimes. I mean, I've you can make the argument that you know, I mean, there are plenty of really young singers that have mature sounding voices. Like so, Adele. Yeah, I mean, it's it's totally plausible. I mean, I don't know if you remember, uh, um, oh God, what was his name? Young blues guitar player Johnny Lang when he first came out was like what nineteen or something, and he had like this soulful like deep raspy like bluesy voice that when i heard that he was like a teenager i'm like there's no way that that voice is coming out of that kid but it did so it's totally possible but anyways we're we're, i'm digressing here but what do you think of (laughs) the song you like the song i do like the song but what's weird is i have always thought that actually the same woman was singing both kimber and stormer because they sound exactly alike like even you know when stormer starts singing kimber starts singing i'm like that's the same lady. And I was like, did they just, do they not have enough money to hire like a fourth person <laughs> to lead sing or something? And, and I have actually no idea. I don't know who the singing voice is, but I, they all, they either are two women who sound extremely the same or it's just the same lady singing two different parts. I, I, I didn't, I didn't notice any similarities, but I'd have to go back now and check it out. I, I doubt they were the same person. They they probably did hire two people, but. Uh, maybe. Who knows? But I don't know. I don't know. I think it was the same lady. Could have been. She was just like, I'm going to do it the they same. Wouldn't have, I mean, they, they probably didn't have a huge budget anyways. That's true. But I do, I love the the sentiment behind this piece. I do think it's hilarious that, you know, Kimber's lyrics just automatically just slotted right into <laughs> this music. Also, 
I can tell why the Misfits did not want to sing a song to this music because this doesn't sound like a very misfit song. It sounds like a hologrammy song, quite honestly. But it's still, it's a great song. And, and I love them together being like, F everybody else. I'm good the way that I am. And, and the way that I am is pretty awesome. So I like that. Yeah, indeed. And it's just, I mean, the video is nothing spectacular, but it's just fun to see the two of them performing and looking in each other's eyes and just having fun performing. Oh, yeah. The gazing, the soul gazing. Soul you know. gazing. <laughs> That's what they call it when you just yeah, gaze yeah, into yeah. each other's eyes. You're soul not, gazing. You're not wrong. Well, the scene's owner encourages Kimber and Stormer to come back and play together as an ensemble. They both mutually agree to start working together and come back the following night. By the way, that was a pretty quick turnaround from throwing insults to suddenly, let's work together. Well, you know, when you sing, music has the ability to bring two people together and to make two hearts open up. And then there was all that soul gazing happening. Yeah. Also, I noticed like just at the end of the scene that Stormer's jacket is the same color as the outfit that Kimber was wearing. It's that same gold color. I'm like, oh my God, they're made for each other. And and also, one of the other things about this episode is the way that they draw Kimber in this episode. She's really pretty. It's like something about how like she has, you know, they draw her with her big eyes because she always has like big moony eyes. But like, you know, her big eyes and and her like pink makeup and whatever. She's just really pretty in this episode. I I can't speak to what's going on with her clothes through most of more, it. But... More so than than usual, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think they just they they took the time to make her extra pretty. And I also think that it, um even though Stormer looks pretty much the same as she always has in this episode, there's also just like something about her that's really great. And I, I think agree. it's partly I... because we focus a lot on her face in this, whereas we don't usually get to focus on Stormer's yes. face. But in this one, she and Kimber are like, their faces are close together in every other shot. And so we get to see a lot of like their full face. And they just both have really pretty faces. They do. You know, I'm so glad you brought this up because when I was watching the episode, there was a certain quality and I couldn't really put my finger down on it. But I knew both Stormer and Kimber, I'm like, the two of them, there's something about them. They look more attractive than usual. I don't know if it was like a slight variation in the hair or maybe they maybe they were actually drawn slightly better than they normally are but there there was just like a just a certain quality they just it was they were they were just radiant and they the two of them together especially were just like it was just so amazing It's the power of flip them slash mm-hmm. that's what makes them prettier Indeed. Women are always prettier when they're in love with other women Right yeah Yeah, no arguments for me. (laughs) The following day at Starlight Music, Kimber is in a room getting ready to go out for the evening. Jerrica stops by and asks why her sister won't talk to her. I wonder why. Maybe because you're the worst sister ever, Jerrica. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't know about the worst, but definitely she's got some things to work on. Kimber says she has nothing to say to her. Jerka notices her sister's getting ready and asks if she's going out. Kimber responds with attitude and says, any problem with that? Kimber tells Jerrica she doesn't really care what she does or think. So it's pointless in even asking her these invasive questions. I kind of agree with her. Pretty much. I mean... You know, in this scene where, you know, Kimber gets dressed up, she goes out, she gets in a car, she drives away. And like, they all have this look of horror on their faces. I'm just like, the girl goes out all the time. She has 5,000 boyfriends. Well, she's not, it's not like she's 10 years old. I mean, she's allowed to go out on her own. Right. It's just so weird. It's it's just the overbearing sister, right? Which is not entirely uncommon, right? I mean, a band. Yeah. I mean, Jerrica's kind of take, I mean, whether it was intentional or not, I think Jerrica... Uh, feel I mean obviously she very clearly feels responsibility as being the the older one and a lot you know a lot of that was thrust upon her when when their parents died but I think she's kind of taking taking the place of her mom and she's just um, she's just a little bit overbearing in in many ways and doesn't doesn't give her uh, the room to be herself as an individual doesn't listen to what uh, you know what she actually has to say and doesn't respect a lot of her uh a lot of her opinions i think dismisses them not not doing it on purpose but but it's it, yeah it's definitely it's definitely dangerous and 
and it's 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 precarious that, that she she's not really cognizant of of how she's actually behaving around Kimber and Kimber gave yeah. her many many opportunities to to truly listen to what she had to say and Jericho squandered those opportunities and hopefully she'll learn her lesson by the end of this episode but we'll we'll, we'll nope. find out <laughs> but speaking well, I mean- of jumping in the into cars uh kimber leaves and is picked up by her new friend stormer jerica seems to recognize doesn't actually she doesn't seem to recognize who's in the car and uh kimber gets in saying i finally found out who my real friends are don't wait up for me and jerica actually looks in the she's like looking at the car she's like who's in there can't you see who's in there girl with blue hair like who else could it be well, it was dark outside. Yeah, I mean, it mostly I think Jericho was just, you know, she was having her flip out about whatever. And and how much do I love that, you know, as you get to toward the end of this scene, I'm okay is playing and and she and Stormer are just like, I'm okay in the car and they drive off. It's like, I'm okay. And I was like, oh my God, like that. There are very few times actually that they deviate from the normal um, outro intro music and actually play like a bit of the song that they were just doing um, or, or, you know, that relates to that part of the scene as the scene ends or as the scene is going on. They do it. They've done it like once or twice before. Um, and this is one of like the really great uses of the the actual songs outside of the music video part, which I really love because it's like, yeah, Kimber and Stormer are driving off into the distance to have uh, some lesbian sex. And also they're okay. And... <laughs> It's just, it's just well, really they're great. okay, especially afterward. Yes, that's right. So, yeah, I love the end of that scene. I love Kimber getting all emancipated and driving off. And I love the looks on their faces because they really do. They have their, they look horrified. Oh my God, Kimber drove off with somebody. Does she have a life? No, apparently not. Okay, fine. Be that way. We cut to a quick scene showing Kimber and Stormer playing their hit song, I'm Okay, at a busy club. Meanwhile, at Misfits Music, Pizzazz, Roxy, and Jetta are struggling to put a single song together. Pizzazz claims she hates Stormer. If it wasn't abundantly clear to you before, it should be now that both Kimber and Stormer are the glue that hold each other's bands together. Kimber and Stormer write a majority of the music and lyrics for the holograms and Misfits. Neither band can afford not to have them. See, this is what happens when you treat the person who writes your songs like crap and they run away and you think that they will come back because they always have. And at least, you know, in the Misfits case, they have, you know, got Stormer thinking so badly that she needs them because, you know, that was another thing that just happened just a few episodes ago where she told her brother she's nothing without them. And so they've just been counting on that attitude from her and oop up. See what Because see, here's the thing. If Pizzazz had been nicer to Stormer in bed, perhaps, perhaps she would not have run off with the first lady who actually was really sweet. Yeah. In bed. I, I feel like this is this this could be a metaphor for so many things, including, you know, companies that, uh, you know, upper management. I feel like the, the holograms are are like upper management. The oldest sisters are upper management that are, uh, you know, not paying the not paying you know the lower people's wages well you know the people that are actually doing the the, the brunt of the all, all all of the important work anyways or a sizable amount of it and yeah what happens when those people that those people are the company and what happens when those people revolt and leave you don't really have much of anything yeah i mean it's it's it, it is you know the holograms like i mean like a band like a corporation it's a well-oiled machine you need each each individual no matter how insignificant you think they are are really just a, another cog in the machine and they all need to be there in order to operate well and efficiently and yes when your primary songwriter leaves the band you're gonna have issues yep and and it's it is very interesting because i feel like it's this is actually giving kids some really good, you know, business acumen. It's like, hey, why don't you treat everybody in your organization well? Yeah. Because you're going to need them. Exactly. After a successful concert, Kimber and Stormer meet Dave Daniels, a promoter who says that they have the potential to make millions. Daniels offers Kimber and Stormer a contract and a cash advance to get started on the record. There's one stipulation, though. They must offer up some kind of collateral in case they don't finish the album. 
Daniel suggests that Kimber offer up her portion of the ownership of Starlight Music as collateral. She's hesitant at first, but Kimber and Stormer sign the contract without reading it. After concluding the deal, Daniel gets on the phone with Eric Raymond and tells him the good news. Eric is pleased and his confident Starlight Music will soon be his. Oh my God, Why the continued ass- ass- uh, obsession what? with, with right, Starlight Music? Like you have Misfits music, leave it alone. But let's back up a little bit. Yeah, there, There's so much wrong with, with this part of this plot. Because Kimber and Stormer are both professional musicians. They both were raised in the business, okay? So they should have seen Diamond Dave coming from a mile away. And and then he's like, I'll give you this cash, but I need collateral. Well, how about you just don't give us the cash? And then you, especially when he's like, well, don't you own half of Starlight Music? And my question was, if they own half of Starlight, if she owns half of Starlight Music, then why does she just go cut an album in her own record company? Like, I know she doesn't want to you know, get Jerrica involved or anything. But if she owns half of it, she can surely requisition some studio time on her own. And she knows what to do because she's cut like 17 albums with Gem and the Holograms. I just, it it doesn't make any sense. And Stormer is the same way. Like, even though Stormer doesn't, you know, necessarily think that she would have access to, to any of the resources of Misfits music, why does Stormer go like, this looks like a great contract that I'm not going to read before I sign it? Like, yeah, well, I mean, no. I mean, Kimber is very young and clearly very naive. She's like, "What could, what could possibly go wrong?" Daniel seems like, you know, Dave. Uh, Dave seems like a stand-up guy. Uh, and also, they didn't even need that money. You know, they they both said, "Hey, we've been out here, you know, doing this for free," and they have. Um, and- I don't think they're doing it for the money. I think they're doing it for the 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 representation because right. they didn't have any, right? But still, though, it just it doesn't make any sense as two women who've been in the business, young though they may be, to have made that deal and signed a contract without reading it first. Yeah, it's <laughs> never it's signed silly. a contract without reading it first, kids. No, I know, I know. But I think I think though, uh, I- I'm not sure. W- I- I- are you saying that this is unrealistic? Because I think it's totally realistic that an 18 or 19 year old might sign a contract that they don't really fully understand. I I don't think it's realistic only because both of them have been in these bands right. long enough. Fair enough. Okay. They both and no, like I it's, said, they it's both a valid were complaint. in the business. Right. Yeah. They were and Kimber especially. We know for a fact that Kimber was raised in the business, and I actually suspect that that was also Stormer's background too, since both she and her brother are musicians. I bet that they were raised in the business, and so I'm just like, I don't believe that. I don't believe that two women, even if they are young, and even if they're they somebody put stars in their eyes. That they wouldn't be like, wait, though, let's read this contract. Yeah. Kimber and Stormer make an appearance on Lindsay's show to promote their new musical collaboration. They both sing praises of each other's musical strengths and how the music they've been writing is meaningful, sensitive, and hard-hitting. Pizzazz, Roxy, and Jenner are watching the broadcast and almost gag at the sound of sensitive music. <laughs> but but wait, you, you didn't quote it correctly because when Kimber talks uh, about... Well, it, yeah, it was, it was not meant to be a direct quote. But <laughs> Look, when Kimber talks about Stormer's influence on her lyrics, she's like, she makes them strong, hard, and driving. And I'm like, my canon femme slash is better than your canon femme slash. <laughs> I don't even care what fandom you are. That's the best line ever. Stormers made everything hard and driving. Yeah. That's funny. That did not occur to me. Of course it didn't, because you don't have a dirty mind like I do. I, I thought I had a dirty mind, but apparently yours look, rivals mine greatly. Look, I'm telling you, at every time we cut away from a scene, like a scene ends... That, that that tiny millisecond of time, that is a time in which there is a scene in which Kimber and Stormer are having great, great lesbian sex. Mm-hmm. Like, just every time they cut away. Like, after they signed that contract, they got so excited, they went back to Stormer's place, yeah. they took some pictures of themselves, and then they went to bed. Yeah, that's true. At Starlight House, the rest of the holograms are watching Lindsay and finally realize where Kimber has been spending all of her time. Kimber's bandmates don't seem to be impressed with her makeup and believe that Stormer has been a bad influence on her. What's wrong oh with her God. makeup? Okay, right. This this is another thing about this episode that I'm like, did it, they it not pissed give... me off when they said that. 
Right. They. I don't know if, if somebody gave the animators a note. They forgot to give the animators a note because literally Kimber's eye makeup is just Jem's eye makeup, but a little bit further down on her cheek. Like it's just, and this is what happened earlier when Kimber, you know, left the house for the first time to go off with Stormer. Um, one of the Starlight girls said to her, "Oh, cool eyes, Kimber." I'm like, she's wearing Jem's makeup, like because normally Kimber she keeps her eye makeup, you know, above her eye. You know, Jem brings it down a little bit. And so all Kimber did was bring it down to look like gems. I'm like, what is this? Why are we talking about her makeup? Now, if we want to talk about the clothes she had on her body. Clothes was a different story. That's a valid, <laughs> that's a valid complaint. Those clothes were terrible. And that hairdo was ridiculous. Like her hairdo is like uh, her bushy hair, but like one quarter of it was like in a ponytail on the top of her head. And I was like, I don't, what are you doing? What are you wearing? I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, uh, I, w- I wasn't sure what was happening either, but uh, but for now we actually cut to a hologram slash music. Sorry, actually, we cut to a holograms slash misfits music video called "Bad Influence." Yay! Pretty good song. I love not bad. Song. Not bad. I love this song. I just I love the actual music of this song, but it's so great that they're like having a battle for like the soul of their, you know, yeah. these two band members who've left them. They're fighting um, hard. They're fighting hard. They're actually like dance battling. <laughs> you notice? Like they, they it's a dance off. That's it. They have a dance off. They're like, whichever one of us can dance better, that's who's coming home. <laughs> so they had a dance off, and like Jem and Pizzazz are like all up in each other's face, which is like more femme slash fodder. Can, you, you, know, can you imagine if we lived in a world like that where shit like that happens? <laughs> I, I think we would be better things. off. That would be epic and amazing. Like you have a problem with these people? Dance off. You know, uh, God, this just this actually just makes me even more mad now. Now I'm just thinking about how horrible the the gem movie is. And it, can you imagine, it, like the the opportunity if they if they made a gem movie? Like I would put stuff like that in it. Like it seems ridiculous, right? but you have to just roll with it. Like yes. this this show. Like, the fact that it has music videos in it, like, yes, you have to just, you have to do stuff like that. Like, it would have been fantastic if they had, like, you know, like, a scene where, like, the Misfits and the Holograms are, like, having, like, a a sing-slash-dance-off, you know, and they're, like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just, like, it it is a ridiculous, fantastical world, and you just have to, you have to go all in, right? I agree. I agree. And this is, like, that, this episode is, like, the quintessential aspects of that, because, they really are just at each other's throats over this thing. And I love it. And the fact that you don't have anything like that in the movie, that just shows that movie is stupid. Yeah. Well, one thing, one other thing I want to mention, <laughs> I love this song, but the lyrics, sometimes I'm like, what? Did you all travel back in time to the 50s, steal some lyrics from the 50s and then bring them? Because they're like, she's too much of a rebel. What? She's a rebel. And then they're like, and the missus is like, she's a goody goody. I'm like, I don't know. Well, mm, I'll give Rebel a pass in the 80s. We had Billy Idol, Rebel Yell. Okay. But Giddy Giddy? But no. No. (laughs) No. Just no. That was kind of a mess. But anyway. But I I still love it. I love that song. It makes me happy. And then I love this scene. This is like, this scene, I cry. We're about to get to that. We're about to get to that. Right after the video, actually... Both bands disrupt their their show uh, to try to pull them away and convince them that they're no good for each other. Kimber and Stormer vehemently refuse. Pizzazz yells at Stormer and says she'll come back crawling. In that moment, Stormer realizes the misfits are just exploiting her. Stormer tells Kimber that at least the holograms actually care about her. And Kimber tells Stormer that she cares about her and they both agree to be friends forever against the world. Now, now, Alex, you did not faithfully represent that scene. You know it. Come on, we gotta, we gotta get in because, like, the the words that they use. Yeah, they're like both at looking point, at each other. They're both. It's they very heartfelt. They they clearly mean it. Yeah, yeah. it's a and sweet it's like, scene and, for sure. And Stormer, you know, she yells at Pizzazz. She's like, "I like being with Kimber." I'm like, yeah. mm-hmm, "Yes, you do." And then when you know when Stormer gets all sad, she's like, "You know, my they just want to exploit me." At least your band cares about you. And the way Kimber says. I care about you, Stormer. I was like, just have sex right on the stage. Just do it because they, you know, you want to because well, it was like they declared their love for sure. each other in that moment. Well, I like how, in you know, in in several ways, they're not just. I mean, individually, they're not just fighting for their 
independence, they're fighting for each other. And they're fighting for the fact that they should be able to go out and make music together without the two band, without the, the Misfits and the Holograms judging them. Yep. Right. And I think that they need to set their own rivalries aside and understand that. Uh, but clearly they're, they're struggling here. And by the way, uh, I got to say, like, we haven't mentioned this yet, but how freaking rude is it to interrupt your bandmates as they're on stage perf- trying right? to perform? Like right. running up on stage, like I don't care what your problem is. You do not do that. Nope. And the and the fact that I I just it boggles me, especially for the holograms that they walked into that place and saw how many people had shown up to see Kimber and Stormer, and they were still like, "You have to come with us." Like, um, no, did that? What? Shit, they packed that place. You should have been like, "Wait a minute, we could have a second act at Starlight Music." <laughs> We could make like ten more dollars every month off of Kimber and Stormer. Yeah. Oh, this next scene bothers me a little bit, but I kind of understand what Jerrica is doing. But let, yeah, we'll have to talk about that. Jerrica rifles through Kimber's personal belongings back at Starlight House to find the record contract that she signed. Kimber catches her in the act and explains that she just came back to apologize for how angry she got. Jerrica is shocked when she reads a clause in the contract that stipulates if she fails to create a hit record, Kimber's half of Starlight Music will go to Camp Dance Music. Kimber knows this, but arrogantly claims that she's going to have a hit anyway. I like that they did that because that just shows like this naive, like this is like, the naivete of like a young girl who thinks that she's just automatically going to have a, su- a success, right? Right. That and, nothing and, can go wrong, that she's invulnerable, right? Right. And also you can tell just in the way that, that the actress delivered the lines when, you know, Jerrica says, you know, don't you know who owns Can't Dance Music? It's Eric Raymond. This is all Eric Raymond Pratt. And you could tell the Kimber's like, oh shit. Yeah. Um, I messed up. But then she's but like, she's like oh, we're going to well, do it anyways. Well, well, we're going to have a hit record because of reasons. You're yeah. like, okay, she's, I think she's but... tricking herself into believing that that's the yeah. case. Because at that point, like, she's so she's so far down the rabbit hole. Like, what else is she supposed to say? Like, is is, is an 18 year old girl going to uh, say, oh, you know, I, I admit I screwed up. I didn't read the contract. And, you know, I was right. immature. No, of course, she's not going to say that, obviously. Right. But still, though, Jerrica did go rifling through her stuff. And I'm like, this is not what adults do. Can you just have waited until Kimber got home and asked her? First of all, Jerrica's not her mom. And second of all, I have a problem with parents that just have give no privacy to their kids. Yes. So, but the entire, yeah, the entire contract, like you're saying, Tempest, was a ploy to allow Eric to gain ownership of Starlight Music. Even though Kimber didn't know... Uh, about Eric's scheme, she arrogantly refuses to believe there's any chance her record will not be a big hit. Kimber says that at least Eric is giving her a, a chance to succeed, which is more than what Jerrica ever gave her. And Kimber leaves. Do you think that's true? No, I don't. But again, I think, you know, Kimber's just saying things. She's saying things to hurt Jerrica, which you know what? I can't blame her. She's, fi- she's fired terrible. up. It's in, the, it's in the moment, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, what... What has Kimber ever asked for that Jerrica hasn't ever given her? Yeah, no kidding. Auditions for background singers are being held at Flash Recording Studios, but the auditions are not going so well. An argument breaks out between Kimber and Stormer when they disagree on whether the bridge should be a slower or faster passage. One of the auditioning drummers tells the two of them that they're professionals and they can play anything, but they need to make up their minds. The auditions take another step back when an engineer informs Kimber and Stormer that the tape broke. Oh, God, it's just not going well for them. Nothing seems to be coming together for the two of them. Stormer suggests that maybe they should ask for help, but Kimber insists they persevere or else people won't take them seriously. And I just love that, you know, you get that scene of Kimber and Stormer in the kitchen and Stormer's making her her favorite, uh, clearly her favorite uh, her favorite snack, the uh, the banana split with the three scoops of ice cream and banana. Mm-hmm. Now I yes. want one. I'm hungry. <laughs> well, you know, and I also, I get that 
part of what's going on is like Eric Raymond shenanigans. But I also kind of felt like, again, this didn't feel super duper realistic to me, if only because I'm like, once again, you all are professional musicians. You've been in this business for a while. You know who you can call on to to do background and to sing. Like, why are you holding random auditions of people who I don't even know what was going on with those people? And, you know, it just I I don't like the way it makes it seem like Kimber and Starmer really just don't know anything because they clearly do know some things. And I guess it's all like sort of going toward the theme, which is like, oh, you should ask for help. But at the same time, like maybe just a little more realistic because you know, once we get into like some of the more terrible things going on, we discover that it's, you know, direct sabotage. I feel like I would have liked it better if it had always been very clearly direct sabotage as opposed to them just being too stupid. Fair fair enough. That's That sounds reasonable to me. Well, moving on, the holograms perform without Kimber for the first time, but things aren't going so smoothly for them. I sense a trend here. There's clearly a missing element, Kimber's keyboards. Jen, Shayna, and Aja all take jabs at each other for screwing up in one fashion or another. They concede that Kimber is really needed in the band. I left, I just realized I left out Rhea, but yeah, Rhea was part of that too. Apparently her right. drumming was off as well. Now I mean, that's, on, speaking people. of being unrealistic, I find this unrealistic because minus... One member of the band, I'm sorry, these seasoned professional members can't play in time. Come on now. Right. And also, you're the drummer. You're supposed to keep it. That is the glue. That is the glue. The drum and the bass. And and the fact that the drummer, like, the the fact that she was, like, late. Her excuse, oh, well, you know, I usually wait for Kimber to cue me. I'm sorry. That's BS. Yeah, that's some crap. That's... Y'all, y'all. I know this saying this stuff. as a musician. I think this is pretty obvious to most people, but as a musician, that that is BS. Yeah. And then Maj is like, well, that part was written for the keyboard. Well, be a musician and translate. Yeah. Transcribe. Yeah. You, you, you make, you, you, yeah, you transcribe it and you maybe you don't need to play it note for note, but yeah, you, you transcribe it and make it sound, you know, as appropriate as it could possibly sound on a guitar. Anyways, God, it's not rocket science. Meh. <sighs> Kimber and Stormer head back to Flash Recording Studios with the goal of laying down Stormer's vocal track in as little takes as possible. When the two girls walk into the recording booth, they overhear their engineer having a phone conversation with Eric Raymond. Kimber fires the engineer, but they now have to go to the trouble of finding a new recording engineer. I think they did the right thing there, but yeah, this is just, they're, they're not having the best luck here. They're um, not. And again, I, like, can't yeah. you call somebody? Doesn't your dad, didn't your dad have a friend who's recording? They must know who was the somebody last guy else. who recorded the Gem album? Oh, wait, it was Rio. Never mind. Well, can't Rio help out with this? I know he's a stage manager, but he seems like he, he can, We, I mean, we find out in later episodes that he can build synthesizers. And right. he has been, I mean, we've seen other episodes where he's been in the recording booth. Like, hasn't he learned something? Yeah, I think like, I'm he sure actually he's does. Like, come on now. He, yeah, but you know what? I if I were Kimber, I wouldn't call Rio either because then you know what Rio would say. He would be like, "Oh my God, Kimber, you're sleeping with Stormer." But what about my friend Dave? Yeah, he'd be like, "You're acting How like a child. You? Listen to your you're big sister." Like yeah. And and like, ah, oh, you've made a fool out of him. Shut up, Rio. Just shut up. Yeah. Well, we cut to uh, Misfits music. Pizzazz, Roxy, and Jetta are having just as much luck as the holograms. Roxy admits that they need Stormer, and Pizzazz comes up with a plan to get her back by bribing her. When the Misfits pay Stormer a visit, they hand her the keys to a brand new Porsche, as well as some credit cards. They claim they just wanted to show how much they appreciate her, but Stormer is too naive to see through their empty apology. Well, I mean, they did give her a credit card with no limit. A lot of credit cards, actually. Like, yeah, Jenna there wasn't there like the a thing, roll and they're of credit like, cards? A, a bunch of them just sort of fell down like, who credit? So they gave her some credit cards and a car. And and what's sad is, though, oh, my God, it's so sad how how happy Stormer is and how she's just like, I this just wanted to be appreciated. This is all I wanted. And and just, oh, my God, Stormer. I felt really, I, I, I thought I was going to cry. I felt really bad know for her. Know your worth, baby. Lean yeah. in. <laughs> 
Well, we get a quick montage of Stormer buying expensive jewelry and clothes. I mean, she is just shopping and just having a good time. I think she she really felt like she owed it to herself. It's like, why not? Yeah. Somebody gave me credit cards. It's not my responsibility. They told me to like enjoy myself. So hell yeah, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. Mm, I do furs, not blame her. Some jewelry. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Kimber turns up at Flash Recording Studios to look for Stormer as she still needs to complete her vocal track for the album. At the studio, Kimber finds a note from Stormer saying she's gone back to the Misfits. Oh. Uh-oh. Not, not good. We cut to a scene where Stormer's laying in bed and grabs a photo. <laughs> <laughs> she grabs a photo of her and Kimber. That was just a weird segue, but... No, it wasn't because Stormer was in bed... Yeah. Thinking about Kimber, she probably had just finished things and she realized <laughs> that her life was empty without her best lesbian right. friend. And well, not that Kimber is a lesbian, but I mean, this is what Stormer was realizing. I just I love the fact that like she has this realization while sitting in bed in her nightie and the fact that she has on her nightstand, like not up on the wall, not in the kitchen. On her nightstand, there's a picture of her and Kimber together that she grabs and she and she has this fluttering moment of, oh, God, what have I done? What have I done? And I'm like, oh, man, the sex must be really good between the two of them. I'm just saying. Yeah, I hope it is. I hope it is. It'd be very passionate, I'm sure. Stormer seems to at least feel bad for abandoning Kimber, but does she regret it? knowing what the consequences were for failing to deliver a hit record. Well, we're about to find out. Kimber shows up at Eric Raymond's office and admits that she can't complete the album without Stormer. She she should have known. Once a misfit, always a misfit. At least... Don't talk about your girlfriend that way, Kimber. At last, Eric owns half of Starlight Music. But to Kimber and Eric's surprise, Stormer shows up all of a sudden with the completed vocal harmony on on a tape reel, which is very apropos of the time, I might add. And I just wanted to read the little interchange here because I, I just love what Stormer says here. She says, looking at uh, Kimber, we did it, but I almost let you lose part of Starlight Music because Pizzazz and the others gave me gifts. But then I realized you gave me something nobody ever did. Sincere friendship. And, and that's also worth she probably more. was really good at eating her out. <laughs> and that's worth more than anything the Misfits ever gave me. There's one remaining issue. Without anyone to promote the new album, who's going to buy it? Kimber and Stormer head to Starlight House to speak with Jerrica and the rest of the holograms to explain their entire story and the current predicament that they're in. Jerrica admits that she and the rest of the band did take her for granted, so she decides that Starlight Music will package and promote Kimber and Stormer's new album. Now, does this album have a title? I don't. I didn't make note of it because I don't recall them ever announcing it. Yeah, it's called Back to Back. Back to Back. What do you think mm-hmm. of that title, by the way? Uh, hey, well, because on the cover of the album, they are back to back. They're all like crushed up against each other, and also, jauntily, the the K in the first back is backwards so that it butts up right against the B of the, the second back. <laughs> well, we cut to Gem and the Holograms music video, the third and final song in this episode called Getting Down to Business, which should be very familiar to many of you because this is a repeat song with a different video. Now, I guess the question remains... Do you like the song any better with this video? Do you think it fits in with this better? I personally have never been a huge fan of this song. I wouldn't say it's the worst, but it's not like it doesn't stand out to me. Yeah, I mean, it it goes with what's going on. So, I mean, that's good because it's thematic. And then we'd like, you know, get a nice montage of all the stuff that's happening. Like Kimber and Stormer going to their photo shoots. Oh, also running on the beach and holding hands, which is the most gay thing ever. Uh, and beautiful um and and also like 
I, I love how at the one part where they're just sort of running out of beach holding hands, not really paying attention to things. And then somebody's like, oh, but look, the lip just put out an album before you did. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> 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 All right, then it is time to get started and get down to business. Um, but you know what? But it's a really interesting parallel because, again, right here is um, a really good. It, this song fits really well with what's going on right here. But the first time we heard this song was the first time that Kimber ran out on her bandmates because she was frustrated with how they treated her. That was the last time this song was in an episode. So it's kind of interesting cool in that manner. It's like a little nice thematic parallel there. I didn't catch that, but that that's great. Well, the news is in. Kimber and Stormer's album is a number one hit. Did we ever doubt that it wouldn't be? Jerica asks Stormer to join the holograms, which I found preposterous, but she ends up turning them down anyway. Stormer says Jerica doesn't really need her, but the misfits do. Well, that's only because the misfits showed up. I mean, she was going to say yes. Do you think she would have said something? I think that she would have said yes, because then she could have been with Kimber all the time. Now, how the holograms were going to have two keyboards... Well, I, mean, I think she would maybe change her instrument, maybe. I don't know if she plays anything Maybe else. she could be the phantom bass that we always hear in the song. Yeah, no there kidding. Is no, bass. no kidding. Oh, my God. She could even play the bass on her keyboard, right? She probably so, could, yeah. Yeah. Get that guitar yeah. bass line going. Yeah. Stormer says she'll rejoin the Misfits on one condition. They'll have to start listening to her and treat her as an equal partner. Now, it sounded like the Misfits were genuine, but we know that's BS. Yes, but at least they they tried. They, they came tried. in. It was the most humble I have ever seen it, any of it them. It certainly was. That's they for sure. They must have been super desperate. They must have been like, everything has gone to hell. We have got to get Stormer back or every, we, we can't do anything. Yeah. And so I, yeah, that was sweet. And I think a, 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 a really great way to sort of button up this episode is the, the fact that both Kimber and Stormer at the end of that scene just before they uh just before Stormer walks out they both embrace and you know look and look in each other's eyes and say that they both oh. learned a lot about each other and a, and a little about life. Oh, oh come on, you got to say it right. <laughs> I I didn't write down the dialogue. W- 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 oh, say it right oh. how. All right, here we go. So Kimber too cuz like Stormer is about to walk out. She's about to leave out the door and Kimber says, "It was fun, Stormer." And Stormer turns around and she looks deep into her eyes as she walks back to her and she says, it was more than fun, Kimber. And they embrace. We learned a lot about each other. And Kimber, her voice breaking. Yeah, and a little bit about life. And probably also how to properly go down on another lady. (laughs) I'm just saying, when you say we learned a lot about life. It was more than fun. what more than fun? Mm-hmm. No, they were talking about all the the beautiful lesbian sex they had. Because let me tell you, I'm sure that Pizzazz is not a very giving partner in the in the bed. I'm sure of it. And let's not even talk about Roxy because, mm. so I'm sure that Stormer had a lot to learn about what it was like to be in, you know, a sexual partnership in which there was both giving and receiving and and gentleness and love. So so that's exactly what that dialogue right there is about. Yeah. Exactly. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I, I think you're 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 spot on with that. I mean I, I know it's canon now in the IDW gem universe, but I I do sincerely hope that if they ever make a new cartoon that they, they address that and bring bring some of that uh bring some of that that story those story elements into into the new cartoon if they they reboot it because I think they really do need to address. I mean, I think it's about time that we have a, 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 a you know, a new, a new gem cartoon, especially one for a new generation where, you know, largely for the most part, LGBT rights now are, are, are pretty recognized and it's legal to, to get married and stuff like that. So, so I, I think it's about time that we, that we have Stormer and Kimber, uh, you know, as a, you know, as a couple and, even in a kids' yeah. cartoon, I think I, I think it's important to to represent uh, those people. I mean, I, you know, if they I haven't read the comics, but I, I think they're supposed to be bisexual, right? Well, no, no, in the 
so I've only read a couple of the comics so far, but I'm reading, I'm catching up because we're going to do a whole episode about these comics. We keep promising this, but I'm telling you it's going to happen soon. Um, but in the comics right now, they, they're basically they're identified as lesbians. And actually I wrote a whole piece about this before the comics came out, but after that they had actually announced that Kimber and Stormer were going to be a couple in the comics. Um, so I wrote this piece for Exo Jane and, and we'll put the link in the show notes where I'm like, uh, I'm so annoyed because I'm really glad that Kimber and Stormer is canon. And I'm really glad that, you know, after having watched like these episodes that the writer and the artist like recognized that Kimber and Stormer were like literally in a lesbian relationship in this episode. But, um, but also just like it's bisexual erasure because Kimber is very clearly bisexual. Like if we're going to accept that Kimber and Stormer got together in this episode and had a romantic relationship and that it was real and it wasn't just like somebody on the fence, somebody experimenting, whatever, that it was like this legitimate identity choice for the both of them. Then we have to accept that Kimber is bisexual because Kimber dated lots of men before she got together with Stormer and she dated men after like the same guy showed up. She kept her boyfriends. You know, so yeah, it, and it seemed it, like she genuinely cared about them too, right? Right. Like I mean, it she had just some that, kind of relationship with them. She did. It wasn't just that she was only dating these guys because she was expected to because society. It it seems really clear that yeah. she dated the guys and then she dated women and then she dated the guys because she likes both men and women. And perhaps she likes other genders as well. We don't really get into it. Now Stormer might be a lesbian because we don't ever really get any more of Stormer's romantic relationships at all. And then there's, well, like I don't think she's ever dated. She's never really dated anyone on the show, right? No. I mean, it's just like, you know, her secret um, encounters with pizzazz in the middle of the night. But other than that, you know, we don't get anything else. So it could very well be that Stormer is a lesbian. That's, that's totally fine. But Kimber is a bisexual. And so I go into the whole thing about bisexual ratio and how I feel about this and stuff in this exo Jane piece. And You'll see in the comments, people coming in and arguing with me about it, but I don't care because I'm right and they're wrong. Ha ha. So, um, and, but, but I am glad at least that we have an actual property that is, you know, sanctioned and everything in which Kimber and Stormer's relationship is a thing that really is going on. Yeah. And maybe I like, will have a happy surprise where somebody actually says, Oh, Kimber, she's a lesbian. She's like, I'm bisexual. Thank you. Excuse me, but I have an identity that you can't erase. So that would make me really happy. But yeah. I'm I'm also just glad that they're doing this. But I will say, if they do make a new gem in the Holograms cartoon, which could be super awesome, I'd be really happy about it. There is at least, I guess, uh, some precedent for queerness that has already been set on major uh, cartoons for kids. There was the whole thing with uh, Lab- Avatar, the second series of Avatar with uh, Asami and Korra. And um, the creators of the show said at the end, they were like, that is canon. Asami and Korra held hands and went off into the light together at the end of that show. They they were together. They had a relationship, a romantic relationship. So there's that. And everybody lost their mind when the creator said that. They're like, oh, Lordy, how could it be? It's like, oh, shut up. It was awesome. Then there's also Steven Universe. Now, I have not been watching Steven Universe like the rest of the entire country apparently has been watching Steven Universe. But over I, the holidays... So, I've never even heard of it. Oh my gosh, it's, it's a big show on the Cartoon Network here uh, in the U.S. So everybody's in love with Steven Universe and all my friends are like, you have to watch Steven Universe. And finally over the holidays, I got to see some Steven Universe. I was introduced to it by some of my cousins. So on Steven Universe, they really very much deal with Issues of queerness and issues of, um, you know, people going against what, you know, what their society wants them to do, whatever. And there is a major character on Steven Universe who is queer. Like it's it, it kind of starts out as like an allegory, but then it becomes like you can't say that they're not like there's no way in the world in which they're not. They are just they just are. They're queer. So I love that about this show. And I love that, you know, somehow we were able to like slip it in past whatever censors or whatever. Or maybe it's just time. Maybe it's just time now that it's okay for cartoons that are clearly made for kids to have queer characters in it, which I'm like, woohoo, thumbs up, praise hands. I'm all about it. And I hope that that does mean that if we do get another Gemini Holograms TV show, that Kimber can be a bisexual 
And that can be okay because already the sexual politics of this show are, I feel like, so ahead of their time. You have like a polyamorous relationship. Well, sort of like a semi polyamorous relationship. You have Kimber with her multiple boyfriends and she isn't being slut shamed about it, except by Rio, but Rio sucks. But anyway, (laughs) nobody else is slut shaming Kimber about her multiple relationships with her multiple men or whatever, which is like, why would you put that in a kid's show? But it's great. So I, I have hope. I hold out hope that it's going to be awesome if that ever does happen on the TV. Yeah, and I remember when the announcement was made that Kimber would be bisexual and that she would have some kind of relationship with with Stormer in the comics. I remember a bunch of people on the gem forums, like fan, these are fans of the cartoon, freaking out saying, I hate it when people take characters that aren't gay and then make them gay. But it's like, okay, are you that oblivious to like to me it's very blatant even though it's not spelled out but it's like the those those overtones are there like especially in this episode and they've kind of paved the way for this in my opinion so to me it is not entirely surprising or unrealistic that the two of them would get together i mean just look at the string of terrible relationships that 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 Kimber's had. I mean, not to say that somebody who has had a string of terrible relationships is gay or bisexual, because that may or may not be the case. But I mean, clearly, like just the way that she reacts around Stormer and the way that they behave around each other and the way they talk to each other and having a picture of like the fact that Stormer has this picture of the two of them together on her nights. Like, sorry, straight people don't do stuff like that. Do right? they? Like, I no, don't know anyone. I've never don't. put a picture of my best friend on there. Like, that would just on, be weird. That side, it would be weird, and and also I don't I don't know the the people who are hanging out in the the gem forums, but I'm going to tell you I I might have to call like not a true fan on them only because when okay when the DVDs came out the first set of DVDs from Rhino came out and I watched Gem for the first time since I was like you know 13 or something I think that it had been a really long time since it had been on TV at all ever, and I watched this episode and I was like whoa. This is some lesbianness going on here. I just it, it hit me really hard. I was like, oh my god! So then, at that time, I had also belonged to a gem mailing list. There was an LJ community for gem fans. There was something else, and the gem mailing list was really awesome because Christy Marks was on that mailing list, and she used to come in and answer questions. It was super cool. So I go to my people on the gem mailing list, and, and I'm like, guys, so I've been watching this episode. The bands break up, and like, does it seem to you that maybe Kimber and and Stormer are some lesbians. And they were like, oh, honey, that has been, you know, basically the fans had decided that a really long time ago. And they pointed me at all the Kimber and Stormer them slash that was on the Internet. I mean, that had been a long time thing that everybody was like, oh, yeah, Kimber Stormer. Totally. So if you didn't know about that. Um, well, I'm just saying Christy Marks didn't write this episode, but has she I don't recall that she's ever acknowledged any of I don't this know. stuff. I, I don't know. And I, I didn't ask her. Like, I, I wonder if she was actually consulted on this episode. Like, do, is she even aware? Well, no, she had to have been. No, the... no, she had to have been because she, I mean, she was a showrunner. Right. Now, whether or not she was aware of the lesbian overtones or whether or not she was like, woohoo, go ahead and do it. That's always what I want to do or whatever. I don't know. That would be interesting to ask her. I do kind of wish, and I'm sure that this mailing list still exists and maybe I need to go try to find it again. Or at least like, we should try to just get Chris Merrick's in the show and we should pin her down and yeah, be like, I would love to get we're Jem Gio and Erica or Jerica in a polyamorous relationship where Stormer and Kimber gay. Like, listen, we need all the answers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if um, any, any of the uh, people involved with the original show have, well, I know they at least have heard of the podcast because I think, uh, I, th- I think both Britta and Samantha follow our Twitter account and they've faved a couple of the tweets. So I don't know if that just means they're acknowledging our show's existence or they've actually listened to it. Somehow I doubt that they've actually spent the time to listen to it, but that know. would be amazing if they did. getting any kind of acknowledgement that they have, but uh, yeah, they would be good people to have on the show sometime. Maybe, maybe you'll never, you, you never know what'll happen. I mean, maybe, maybe we'll do if we're somehow able to get them on maybe for like the last episode after we, we wrap this entire podcast and we've been through all of the episodes 
they, that would be I, that would be incredible. But something definitely to to work towards getting that that together for for the final yeah. episode. Woohoo! Yeah. But uh, but that's it for this week. Uh, you've been listening to the Jamcast. I'm here as always with Kate Tempest Bradford, and uh, hopefully we'll have Aline Sims back on the show uh, soon. She had to take the day off today, but uh, you can find all of Kate Tempest Bradford's writing, links to her uh, social media, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, all that jazz on Kate Tempest Bradford dot com. So go there right now, subscribe to her stuff, and uh, yeah, you'll be. Uh, You'll be pleasantly surprised. And Woo-hoo. that ExoJane article, by the way, is fantastic. I'm not sure if I've ever said that before, but that article is very, very good. Thanks. Uh, you can also find my writing at zerodistraction.com, and our Twitter account is Gem Podcast. J-E-M, of course, podcast, all one word. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Gem Podcast as well. And to show your support, there are a few ways that you can do that. I'm going to talk about them right now. You can go to hologramradio.org for the. I'll do that again. Hologramradio.org forward slash donate and send us a couple bucks if you want to help with our production costs. Uh, we've never really publicly talked about that, but that's something I'm thinking about uh, doing soon uh, because we definitely need your help to keep the show going, to keep it free. And uh, to keep the the high quality of standards that we have, at, at the very least, I mean, uh, the, the first goal is to make sure that we can at least cover our operational costs, which are definitely um, not a small number. Uh, so we'll we'll talk about that probably in the next week or so, uh, as I have more details uh, to bring to you. Uh, you can also go to our sponsors page on the website and click on one of our Amazon uh, banners. We've got links for Amazon UK, USA, and Canada. And when you click on those, it's the exact same shopping experience that you know and love. No additional work needed on your part, except that every time you buy something... We all get a portion of the sale, which helps us out immensely. And lastly, of course, please do go to iTunes and leave us a rating. We would sincerely appreciate it. It actually helps us in the rankings uh, because the more people that review the podcast, the further up our show ends up on the charts, which means more and more people will be able to find us, which is exactly what needs to happen because there are a lot more gem fans in the world that are not aware of our little podcast that we do. But actually, speaking of gem fans all over the world, I did look at our uh, analytics uh, lately, and I can see that we have a surprising amount of people spread out all over the place. Um, they're not in the tens of thousands, but Woo-hoo! it's kind of cool to see we got people in Canada, the US, UK, the Netherlands, Australia. I mean, they're all over. So that is kind of cool that that this American kids cartoon from that's effectively what going on almost 30 years old, maybe 25 at least. I mean, it has touched a lot of people, not just in North America, but in in other international markets. And even uh, surprising to me, at least, that it, it it's touched people in countries that you know or you know english is not their their primary language so that's really cool i don't know if the show's ever been translated in other languages but it's either way it's still really cool the gem legend lives on yeah it's super awesome hooray gem touched everyone indeed well that's it for this week uh and next week what do we got tempest what do we got for episodes the fan uh... Oh, I don't remember god. this episode. Oh god. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, episode the 6. Fan, the fan where there's they create a whole fake house and uh, Okay. It'll be interesting to talk about. That'll be sure. <laughs> we'll dive sure. it we'll dive in next week until then show's over synergy. <laughs>